welcome to Rice to Rice, the podcast about the British East Asian perspective on all things Asian and not. I'm Jam. I'm Akina. And I'm Connor. And I still do not have COVID-19, also known as coronavirus. Yeah. I didn't know the medical term. I actually really don't care about <laughs> coronavirus or getting it. Um, so I wear a mask on the tube. Really? Like, yeah, but I don't, I don't know. No, I've started recently, right. but I don't do it to avoid coronavirus, which is probably what everyone thinks Thank I'm doing you. it for. I just do it because I don't like the idea of pollution and like dust getting oh. on my face. I'm a little bit scared because I'm like a, a bit of a hypochondriac um, and I get scared of catching everything as in like get, just getting sick in general. And I think I'm always sick, but I'm not really scared because it's not really that for me a big of a deal. And I don't, yeah, I like the don't thing get is, freak out. Unless you're weak or old or or very likely to catch it and die from it, you're probably not gonna. I mean, none of us worry. I feel like I should be some sort of level of worry. But I'm not. So what are we talking about today? Today we're having rice served with mental health stigma brackets within the Asian community yeah right i think that's important to add because there's stigma about mental health anyway in society in every society but But the one thing i like about white people is that two things (laughs) the only things yeah the only things. really (laughs) the only two things (laughs) that they're more accepting of the lgbt plus community and that they believe mental health actually exists Mm -hmm. unlike most asian people who don't yeah. yeah no i i agree that i mean that's not the only things i like about the white the, w- the, the white people the, the, the whites um i love white people. Whites. um yeah no but i i mean like yeah i'm completely comfortable around white people i'm uncomfortable around racist people but i'm fine around white people so um i'm not they make me want to cross the street when i see them Really? No. I, I, can't oh, I can't tell. I'm like, how can really? you not I'm so touch his tone? <laughs> because like, I trust people. I trust you to say things straight. That's why um, you like white people so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your but, ancestors would definitely be the ones led to the to the sea ship to the um. What? Huh? What are you the, on about? To like the tea ship. You know, they're always like, come on, we'll give you a really well-paying job back in Britain. I mean, my surname is Mendoza, so we've had Spanish in us. Someone probably went to Spain or some Spanish... No, Spanish came to you Well, yeah, Spanish came to us. The Spanish came to your ancestors and said, we're good people, we won't fuck you up. And your ancestors were like... You guys were were just like, I believe you. Yeah, (laughs) yep, yep. (laughs) Now look at me. I feel like 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 both of you guys did look at me. Yeah, you told us to. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, it was just a statement. Um, But I remember my mom saying when I was younger, I asked her if she's ever felt depressed or if she's ever seen depression in her parents or siblings. And Mm -hmm. she was like, no, 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 no. We were too poor to be depressed. Mm -hmm. And she genuinely believes that like depression is for like people. privileged people like yeah. it's a privilege for someone to be depressed yeah, that's exactly kind of well not those exact words that my parents said but they have basically said kind of you know people who've grown up like them um and like poorer countries and you're you're used to having all these difficulties in life and this like 
anxiety mm-hmm. and depression that people have here people have it all the time in philippines that it's so normal that it isn't viewed as anxiety and as depression this is just like it happens and you get on with it you move through it because there's no point dwelling on it because you're just gonna stay poor mental health issues as being like you know it's a form of weakness if you like let it take over um and with me personally because i went through some really tough like mental health issues i think i've kind of always had a bit of like an anxiety thing throughout school because of the pressure i had to perform Mm -hmm. and do well Mm -hmm. and then it got really really bad at uni and after uni whenever i spoke to them about my mental health when i eventually kind of plucked up the courage to talk about it Mm -hmm. they would just say oh no it's fine just distract yourself like just get keep yourself busy like as if it was like really easy Mm -hmm. to snap out of like the sadness or like the low days i think a lot of asians think that mental health isn't a it's not a thing like phys- not like, thing. like physical health like it's when you get hurt physically yeah. like when you pull a muscle you can't just be like just walk and you know it will get it will eventually you know get better do you guys think that you've absorbed any of those ideas about mental health from your parents and the people around you oh yeah for sure when you, whenever you think you're whenever you feel depressed or anxious you're just like oh, you're just being a bit weak i do don't. you think you have oh, I, I do that <laughs> No, I don't. That's definitely at the all. Chinese in me. Oh, have you always been very open about about your struggles with mental health? I didn't realize actually. For, so uh, my journey's kind of been at school. I was, I was a very anxious kid. Like I'd get really, really stressed out, um, really easily because you know, like I wanted to get high grades and whatever, and and, but I thought it was part of the norm. That kind of like anxious feeling and i used to get like migraines from the amount of stress i'd have and same with alex and um and back then i just thought like oh this is normal and then when i started experiencing it at uni where it was more than just like it wasn't even pressures with studies it was just everything i just started feeling like i hit a real low i think it was in second year where i felt the lowest i'd Mm -hmm. felt in a long time i didn't i don't think it was just anxiety i think it was full out kind of starting to get depressed and i was like Mm -hmm. pulling away from people and at the beginning I, I did think like oh just suck it up like it's fine like yeah, you know you're up. being like, like get, you're being like, a bit weak basically like get over it yeah get yeah. over it like you know you have nothing really to be sad about yeah yeah that's um, one. Y- you're like privileged like you you got uni you got friends blah, blah 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 but then me thinking like that didn't help at all it I couldn't snap out of it there were mm-hmm. days like I just stopped going to all my classes and I just hold myself up and I only ever spoke to like two people comfortably um and that's kind of like when i was like no this is a real thing like i have real mental health issues it's not me being weak because i am trying but i can't physically snap out of the sadness yeah. we should note that like i believe everyone i don't know about you guys but i believe that everyone has mental health problems just like everyone has physical health problems like no one's like perfectly sound in their mind oh yeah I for sure and, like, yeah. and that leads to like the stigmatization of therapy which is basically just a gp for your brain mm-hmm. like yeah you go to therapy just to get a checkup like you go to the gp to like oh i think something's wrong with my back or something's wrong with my mm-hmm. arm or i have like a weird cold you go to therapists to basically go oh I th- i'm thinking i'm like i'm really down mm-hmm. a lot i can't do anything or i feel really anxious all the time when this happens or this happens it's the same concept but i think because because <laughs> mentality is such a because you can't see it. You can't see it, and people and you don't. We don't people understand don't the brains. understand it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brains, brains are such an intricate, like piece of flesh, piece of muscle in our body. Mm-hmm. We, we we barely understand it. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. So that's probably why, like you know, people like 
just you know it's just feelings yeah yeah, yeah. and because I, I think the, the bit that actually made me notice the most that i was like oh shit there's like something wrong with me it's like you you know me mm-hmm. i would cry about everything and i was always very comfortable with my emotion and, and comfortable with re- releasing it and then like when i was at my lowest i couldn't cr- i couldn't cry to anything yeah i wasn't crying to any like i'd even watch like these sad movies to like get like all like the the weight in my chest out but i c- i just couldn't cry mm-hmm. um and i keep i feel like i'm kind of floating away was this before your realization um no this was after but when after i was trying to explain it and i've always kind you of been open yeah i think that was the worst but i didn't like to admit that i had mental health problems yeah. because it it has such like a bad connotation they think like i think people generally think of, oh if you have mental health problems like you know you're like there's something wrong with you or or i don't know it just has such a negative connotation with it and especially when i was like trying to talk about it with my parents who don't really believe mental health is a thing and view it more as like and the fact being that they're weak. like medical workers as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. And and um, my dad actually was like, you know, if um, I think I can't remember when this was. This was quite. I think it was when I was younger when I started thinking, oh, maybe I'm I'm a bit of an anxious person. He mm-hmm. said like, if you go to the doctors about it and then you get diagnosed with something, you'll be put on medication, you know, and then that'll be on your health record, and then employers might see, and then it might affect you getting employers. Employed. Employers, yeah. employers, employers cannot see your medical. But the thing records? is, no, but it used to be that they, I think you had to like, like, say it or something or like. I don't know because I that read. You're I read. Unstable. Yeah, I, I read it somewhere. So like, 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 psych, like, 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 psycho hospitals and shit. Like back in those days. Yeah, I think. I think, think there's some. I think I, I remember searching up and reading somewhere that you, like, there's some place that actually asked kind of roughly like, oh, you know, medications, whatever, and I mean, then they might like affect the, people's perceptions yeah. of you. And Dad was wasn't saying this at all to be like, don't do any of this and to scare me. He was just saying, oh, this is what happens, and I don't want you know so people to look at you differently. Yeah. So he was like, I don't want people to judge you or look at you differently because of like something that's on your medical chart or something like that. And then I kind of, I'm an overthinker. Mm-hmm. And I thought into it, I was like, shit, my whole career will be like ruined. Like, especially if I want to go into, at the time, I want to go into law. Like if I go into law and then everyone thinks I've got like, I'm I'm mentally unstable and then I won't get a job. And so I, I refuse to kind of accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, But then it just got to a point when it's like ridiculous not to accept that there is something wrong. And I think- oh, yeah once i started like accepting it i was able to work on it but i definitely connect with the part you were saying about um not wanting to admit i think a lot of us do and it's a lot of it's the root to why there is such stigma Mm. um even now currently i'm struggling to kind of bring myself to talk about things i've experienced and i real i'm realizing right now <laughs> live um, that i don't i i've never ever spoken about it um to connor yeah because like he sees it yeah. when it happens but otherwise as much as i i speak to my friends about mental health and i always preach oh you have to you have to get it out. You have to talk about it. You have to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it's the it's the classic thing of like you not taking your own advice. Yeah. And I don't know. I think since I asked the question, I think that's definitely where I've absorbed the attitudes from my parents of like not admitting to weakness in that way. And it stems from like the asian culture of saving face Mm -hmm. you know not wanting to lay out all your 
problems for the whole world to see and yeah. pretending that everything's peachy mm. you know yeah i think it's actually almost easier to talk to people you don't know about uh, what well, you don't know about your mental health because it's, yeah i'd agree when you talk to real life people it's like super daunting like oh i don't want your opinion to change on me or blah blah blah. but when it's people you don't know like you don't really have to ever see them again um yeah it carries a lot of guilt as well especially to do with depression when you tell someone you know cares about you that you're depressed and you're you're having feelings of like low self-worth you're scared in case you give that person an idea that that they're not important in your life or that that person's not giving you joy um yeah because no one can understand your mental health problems but you unfortunately because yeah. like doctors can't understand health problems because they, they you know, there's a way to figure it out but and scans and stuff yeah i'm guilty of this too when connor's struggling i have the thought in my mind that i'm clearly not enough to give you happiness and it's nothing to do mm. with me and i realized that after the fact but it during during you your you partner your family your friends mm. must feel so powerless so sure because surely they care about you and yeah. they want to help but um that that just adds to um the guilt yeah that you feel so when i was at the lowest like i've ever been i did some stupid things and it was basically just very very bad and i opened up to jack and and told him like how bad it had got because i was starting to scare myself with what was like going on in my head so um i spoke to him about it uh, and I hadn't previously before because maybe because in my head I was thinking like I, this is a very big burden to put this on someone and tell someone you know like I've been having thoughts of like ending my life or blah 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 and especially someone who like I love so much and I knew loved me mm-hmm. and has always been there for me and I was scared to tell him but as soon as I did it was like a weight was lifted so when after like having this like really really long like in-depth conversation with Jack is like right I'm gonna sit here with you and we're gonna fill out form together and i had been thinking of like applying for like, therapy or like to talk to someone about it who i didn't know um for like a year and but i've been so like up and down about it thinking like i don't feel comfortable like filling up this form. it's such a long form as well and i was just like i don't want to fill this out um and it's really like terrifying and i felt very like, I just didn't want to do it on my own. And then he stayed and he helped me fill out the whole thing. And he he actually took in charge of the laptop and was just like talking to me, asking me the questions. Then he'd fill it all out. And it felt like so much better because I know I wouldn't have been able to do that on my mm-hmm. own. Um, and then once that was done, like it was, he was like, I'm not going to click the send button. I'm going to leave that to you. And I had to like wait for like 10 minutes before sending off because I thought like as soon as I click that send button, it admits like I have definitely got issues and like so it's so bad that i have to talk to someone about it mm-hmm. and then once i did i was like oh this is actually not like too bad it's like confirming basically yeah i think that's the major problem within asian cultures is that I've, i mean we all know that Asians probably have one of the worst mental health because look at japan and south korea it's mm-hmm. got like the highest suicide rates for um like middle-aged men or something i don't know mm-hmm. throwing like throwing themselves off buildings and hangings and all that stuff because this mental health stigma as soon as they feel any type of wrong in their mind they just think they're completely broken and there's no point 
They don't, be- they don't believe it can get any better and there's no help to it. So I think th- they'd rather kill themselves than not confirm that there's something wrong there's with them. That's how yeah. strong... Yeah, especially the, for the, a man, I yeah. think. It's, it's even oh, yeah, more pressure. Yeah, because you have to be like the head of the family. Yeah. You have to always, you know... Be keep, strong yeah. and not, uh, no emotion at all, you know? Like, keep your head I'm a strong straight man. And, yeah. and like always know what's got to happen and what to do. I think I think it's... I think confirmation is the scariest thing. I think as long as we teach like the next generation, I guess that it's not a stigmatized and terrible thing to have. And then you can easily just be like, Oh yeah, I have it. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely, you know, have mental health issues. Then that's probably the way forward. Cause I don't know. It's, I think it's like suffering silence basically is like the m- main killer. For yeah. a lot of these Asian cultures. Yeah, because I think especially if you're going through anxiety or depression and and you're not talking about it, you feel even more alone. Like the the issue itself, you feel isolated and then not being able to talk about it with someone. Not especially your family. Just, like how yeah how Asian families are made up, they're very tight and like you're supposed to share burdens and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But any you know when you're gonna have a mental health problem, and then you don't tell. You most likely not gonna tell them. Mm. I and, ended up telling my parents. And how did they respond? Um, Like the same way as I thought they would. But you know what? In my head, I'm thinking like, I think mom and dad also have like anxiety problems because they they keep it in for sure. But like, I can see the same things that go on in my head kind of like with them. Mm-hmm. And for them, I just don't think that they've admitted it. And, and like, that's fine. Or it's just even journey. realize yeah, that realize. that's an yeah. issue. Um, Isn't it, it can be I, um, genetic mental health some mental health issues maybe i don't it know it would it's make just, sense yeah, yeah. It, it, it it would make sense because i think like i don't know maybe it's just the fact that like we've always we've been we're the kind of fan that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves um on and i think that pressure can be what kind of triggers pressure at is least another, for me yeah, it, pressure that's is another big me. thing pressure is a huge thing and because you don't get taught at a young age like oh just like you know your mom and dad just want you to do whatever makes you happy and whatever will you know you want to do and like you're told from a young age like you have to be successful you know you have to you have to be successful and obtain a really solid salary to support your yeah. eventual family in the future and that you don't want to like, be a disappointment yeah you don't want to be a disappointment which yeah. is just all so feeds into it yeah um and then because I basically I had to end up telling my parents what was going on in my head and how miserable I was because I think a lot of it was also down to my last job I just was really unhappy not even just with the company or or my job but as in the career that i seem to be heading into Mm -hmm. um and how unfulfilling it was and then feeling that i was just floating through the world and i was never gonna find something i was happy in and Mm -hmm. blah blah and it really took a toll on me so i'd come home miserable every day and then my mood would like i was awful to my family during these months i was so i was not a nice person and um i was really really hard on them and like i would i would like the tiniest thing would set me off like something mom might say and i'd be like i can't believe he said that and blah blah blah. like i was just a, a bitch and um so i kind of sat them and sat sat them down and and spoke about how you know i'm, I'm gonna quit my job because i've realized like this is the thing that is it, it's contributing quite a lot to how i'm feeling and I've, i'm tired of feeling sad and hopeless when i know that there is at least one thing that i can do to Mm -hmm. change that um and 
so like i spoke it through with them they're like, are you sure like okay if that's what you want to do we're here to support you whatever you want we'll do it um and they were they were amazing they were honestly so good they were so supportive and and during that month um i made a note of like everything that i felt was contributing to like the sadness that i felt mm -hmm. and i was like i i wrote it all down and said okay these are the things i can change so this is what i'm gonna base my goals on for this next year so i can like get happier mm -hmm. and know i'm doing something about it and like right now i would say I'm, I'm the happiest i've been in years and it and i feel so much better and even my parents had said like but to jack that I, i'm not i mean just no no I, I, I mean as in i feel the most fulfilled and like most stable probably yeah that i have felt in a long time and um my parents had even said it like people like we can notice the difference in her when she comes home like she's just easier to be around she's happier um in a better mood but i wouldn't say that i'm completely over the hump i still have days when i'm just like i can't i don't feel the motivation and i like i'm still like get panic attacks um but now i'm like it's not as often as it used to be and that's how i can kind of feel like i think things are starting to get better mm -hmm. but i think it's one of those things as a process like i ended up deciding like not to go through with therapy or like medication because i thought like i want to see if i can make changes first and then because i've just i still am not comfortable and that is definitely still the fact that i in my head like mental health is such a taboo and i don't know whether i can fully admit to it by like having therapy or, or, or getting on like medication but and i know i have friends who are on medication and um and it's worked for them but I other friends who's had medication slope, yeah and I, I had some friends who it's worked and they like it and other friends are like it just makes them feel numb yeah. um so i, I should be like worried a bad thing but no it's not it shouldn't because i think it works for some people i and others it doesn't. think it would be like if you can't basically like like muscle therapy like if you can't work on it yourself and you really and it's really hindering mm. something else then like sure prescribe some medicine to like ease the healing process mm. instead of like complete because i don't think medicine's not gonna completely fix you it's, yeah i it'll be a combination between medicine and then like your own conditioning yeah stuff. i think the thing is like i'd much rather go through therapy than medication just because i don't like medication i don't like the idea of like putting something else in my body to like change my mood or whatever and i think like i would much prefer therapy mm -hmm. but even that right now i'm still like it's daunting it's, word, it's so yeah. scary well just like all uh medication um it it tackles the symptoms rather than the cause um so that's what you always face whether it's medication for physical symptoms or medications for your mind though it might calm down everything that's sparking off in there it really will never tackle the root cause of it and i think that's where therapy is really good for like kind of detangling the root causes of it um but like like connor said if you really can't deal with life mm. because of the symptoms that you're having then perhaps a mix of therapy and medication mm. might work very well for you i know exactly what you mean about 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 your like what's the word reservations about your reservations about talking to a therapist because one thing i think about all the time is is culture and a therapist 
needs to have some kind of understanding of your culture to be able to understand your problems. I I really want, if I have a therapist, I really want a therapist with an Asian background. But but an Asian born like overseas, like born in an overseas country. Right, like a British, like a British Asian. I think an Asian from Asia would be worse than if you got like a white therapist, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Perhaps, yeah. But they need to have an understanding of your experience because otherwise... They won't get it. You are genuinely blind to things unless you've been through their experience. So I think that's that's probably the only reservation I have. Um, Can you pick a two therapist? I don't think so. I think you just get given a therapist. there's such a huge waiting list. Is, especially yeah. here yeah. no I, I completely get it because it, it, one of the thoughts that came through my head I was like if I get someone who's just like white and I say to a them a white like, man yeah I was like and I say to them one of my issues is that you know like I'm struggling with the balance at home and my parents are like you know oh sorry Um, yeah I'm struggling with things at home and you know I don't just me and my parents don't get on and and you know they have these all these rules and I don't like the rules and I'm scared the white therapist will just be like well then just like move out or yeah, like, like or like just, you know i just say no to your parents yeah. and i'm like you don't get it you don't just say face, no to your parents face culture is also a massive yeah, thing I, about i have a not. huge fear of having my experience delegitimized or minimized because it actually makes it feel worse and you feel resentful yeah. and and, and we're alone. Yeah. That, you, like, yeah. oh shit, Even am i like the only yourself, one going through this your parents will want to try and hide you like you're some infected pandemic thing because you know if like fucking miss if tita Dela cruz across the road here's <laughs> like Dela Dela cruz. Cruz. Yeah. you've chosen a last name <laughs> yes because i couldn't think of a first name uh, if she like comes to church Jinky. and hears that you have a <laughs> a um if your if, if your kid has like you know mental health problems so that's really good to get around you know like mm. don't you know do you hear did you see yeah yeah because then it's, it's they're that not whole... right Mind. yeah like their kid is not as good as ours yeah 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 but yeah, all that sure. comes from love as well i i really it's like protecting I, your yeah it, because how they understand it is is perhaps their son or daughter might not want this news out mm-hmm. so they do it they hide your problems out of love but yeah i think, I think a lot of a lot of the cases you might feel you might you might understand that as shame rather yeah. than protection. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a very fine line, to be honest. And it could be both at the same time, unfortunately. Yeah. It can. It can blur into the same thing. Yeah, so that, like... I think I've been lucky with, again, with my parents. I don't think they've ever... My parents really don't give a shit about what other Filipinos think. Um, Good. And I think... It's really surprising, considering that in the raising of you, it's pretty traditional. Yeah. Yeah, they more do it for their own self because that's what they're comfortable with. But in terms of like, say if I like do like say if I ever did badly in school and my and uh, and my parents knew that I worked hard for it, they're like, oh, it's f-, they've always said like, oh, it's fine. Like, doesn't matter. You don't need to compare yourself to other people. Like, you don't need to like. Don't worry about what Dita or who yeah. said this. Or my did, parents like, said my the parents same thing, care. but in the opposite way though. What do you mean? They're like, if I brought like a result that wasn't to their standard but it was like better than the people in class like don't compare yourself to other people mm-hmm. you have to get you have to you know get be better than this and stuff like that i think my parents are in between you guys so like mm. at the same time on the outside they're like a cold hard shell but like if if it's a real like desperate or like a real like deep issue then they'll like 
help you out. Like, mm-hmm. for example, mom, like, if I have any mental health problems, initially my mom's like, "Are you sure? Like, are you really sure?" It's just like, honestly, mm-hmm. like, are you sure you're not just like mm-hmm. being sad or being lazy or whatever? Mm-hmm. But then if she, when she realizes that it is legit, she then like starts sending me. Um, they don't help you like you. They don't outwardly help you. She just will like whatsapp me articles and like mm-hmm. how to like top Aww. five ways of mindfulness or like how dealing, to oh, deal anxiety. With dealing with anxiety that, yeah. but I think it's, it's her way of kind yeah. of like trying to connect with you but and, it's and different i think you, because yeah. like because my family has history of autism in it mm-hmm. so to not believe in mental health would just be so so hindrance yeah you know well i've 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 actually not even attempted to speak to my parents about mental Except health that before that wasn't really speaking about, mm-hmm. about mental health but i just i remember i really don't want to p- portray my parents as, as these cold people i just don't think we're very open yeah. in that way don't know what to do, none of us are very open with speaking about our feelings to each other and i i tried one i tried once <laughs> <laughs> and i i i Remember it so clear, I was sitting on the kitchen table, my mom was cooking something and it was silent in the room and I was going through, I don't remember what, but I was going through a lot at the time and I wanted to say something really badly, but I could, it's like I could feel a physical block in my throat because I, and my brain because I was like running out of words. Mm-hmm. Like I just couldn't bring any words to my brain and then translate it through spoken words to her and i was thinking like this is weird like i just physically cannot say anything and i'm sure it's vice versa because like you grow up and you realize your parents are human with with human problems and and they're not (laughs) i kind of have a trend of just seeing them as like parents and and nothing else but like they've been through an entire life before you were even born and they've had their own struggles and I think I forget that, but I'm seeing it more now as I grow older. Like you said, you see a signs of anxiety in your parents. And I don't think it's anxiety, but it's definitely something. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, I don't want to label it as being anxiety mm-hmm. or depression because like, I don't even like labeling it on myself. But there's something <laughs> there. There's something like that they're going struggling with stuff. mentally. Yeah. Um, and I, just, I don't think that my parents realize it either that it's a mental health issue i think they just think it's life mm-hmm. yeah which technically it they're is. right <laughs> it is it is just part that is of the, life that is the top destigmatization of it it's just saying like you have mental health issues it's to say that um you have mental health issues yeah that's life it is just life that's what we all have to encounter like that should be how it is like it's life go get help go get some try and figure out how to um overcome it mm-hmm. yeah this is asian f where one of us has two minutes to give a report on something connected to our topic today the others then comment and then grade the reporter an a star or an a also known as an Asian F. So today, it's Akina. Are you ready? <laughs> what is that post? I am ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Horse in the air. I'm going to get this A-star. Pumped. Okay. Three, two, one. 
All right, so today I'm going to talk to you guys through how we viewed mental disorders and mental health historically. So historically, mental disorders have had three major explanations, namely the supernatural, biological, and psychological models. For a lot of history, deviant behavior, so like the battle between good and evil. So the devil possessed you type thing. Exactly. Has been used to explain mental health. Um, So I'm going to use the East and the West. Um, In the East, the earliest recorded record Record of mental health illness in ancient China dates back to 1100 BCE. Um, So back then, mental disorders were treated mainly under traditional Chinese medicine using herbs, acupuncture, and emotional therapy. Oh, so it was treated as a... Why why are you ahead? Why is Um, it different now then? Well, the ancient Chinese believed that demonic possession played a role in mental illness. If you had an, an emotional outburst in a few funeral home, for example, they would think it's because of an entity possessed you as an individual. Over here in the West, in European Middle Ages, madness was often seen as a moral issue. So either a punishment for sin or a test uh. of faith or character um, was was deemed the cause of it. Um, Christian theology endorsed various therapies, including fasting and prayer for those who have like been estranged from God. So it's interesting that it's been pretty flipped throughout yeah. history. I mean, like, I just don't pray for mental health to disappear, but right, it's the same like, un, like the same like wisping way. Okay, very continue. like supernatural yeah. mm-hmm. before. Um, so to end with, while in the West they would Sometimes. usually do exorcism to get rid of mental health disorders, <laughs> oh. in the East they used to deal with it through herbs and and mm-hmm. what we would call now medicine. Okay. Oh, good timing. You actually finished a little early. Yeah, I did. I kind of had to make up a little <laughs> bit there to make a conclusion. That's very interesting. Yeah, no, I did not know. This is bullshit, man. Why? It's annoying. Yeah. yeah. It's why like, the how fuck comes it was like years ago, it was kind of accepted. and, and 3,000 years ago or something like that? Yeah, yeah to be fair, um, I feel like these, the segment that we have, more or less tests our ability to research fast rather than our ability Just to like that. No, no, no. We research far in advance. I, we I, care I about you guys. like three minutes in advance. <laughs> it's not like we had to stop recording so Kina could research something. Research it. It's but interesting. Yeah. Especially yeah. the whole like Christian thing as well. I kind of mm. knew about that. The medieval because like, you learn that in school a bit like you know the village madman and stuff like mm. I mean, he's just mad jack or whatever i mean the whole praying thing in terms of the christian thing is it still happens <laughs> yeah that still happens yeah like that's what when i was going through stuff then i was like praying and my parents were praying like you know I hope she gets better pray that the pain of, away yeah i mean they pray for more yeah. stuff away than just mental health pray Way. the gay away <laughs> um yeah. but yeah but like the whole exorcism thing i'm not surprised that that happened um, and that they thought it was some like evil spirit. Demonic. Yeah, because if something that's like that, like really clouding the way you're usually like and making you really sad, there must be something really bad. In a way, like mental health is kind of like that. Like it's like a demon. It's a demon in your head, like a like like a negative force. I, I would think. counter that. Really? Yes, I would because I always try to think of it in a way where it's not like if you're if you're dealing with anxiety or mental health issues, it's not that anything in you is broken or bad. It's 
it's simply just chemicals firing in your brain in a certain pattern that <laughs> cause very scientific that yeah. cause this kind of response and because i i don't know i don't like the idea of it being evil being. or mm-hmm. broken it's it's literally just biological sometimes yeah. reaction no i get that i think in my head I, th- I think of it more as maybe a mix of like i know rationally it is just like chemicals in my head that are right now this is what they're doing and mm. it's reacting in this way at the same time because of how like dark i have felt mm. i think although it feels it feels feels like, like that, there's yeah. there's something that is just like the switch has gone off like something bad is happening in my brain um and i can't control it and i just have to kind of I can see how people thought it would feel like possession. Mm-hmm. Like it could definitely yeah, pass off or like that. something's taking yeah. over Especially me. Especially if like, I'm, I'm guessing this w- was your report specifically about depression or was it like in general I kind of... I think just mental mental, mental Yeah, because then it could be, say for example, like things like schizophrenia. Like Absolutely. People that would could definitely, definitely be, be possession. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it definitely was back in the days. Like loads of people yeah. would be put into like you know men homes or, or exorcisms happen to people who are schizophrenic because people didn't understand how can you like be talking to things or seeing things that aren't there oh, like yeah, that you makes are. a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. yeah and loads of horror movies are also based on like on schizophrenic people yeah and, and, like, which i think demons. is actually yeah. quite sad because it, it yeah. creates a massive mm-hmm. stigma yeah, yeah. but yeah. either way akina you successfully finished that report within yeah. the time limit yeah it was very informative Ooh. it was good it was a yeah. good report however because I'm pissed off that Chinese people have reversed the way of thinking mental health. I'm going to sultily give you just an A. Sultily. Um, I'm also giving you an A because you finished before the buzzer went off. So I don't no. think. Okay, fine. I think like you didn't really have any of you even admitted that you didn't have anything else to say. So I feel like you didn't re- research, research it enough. enough. <laughs> um, you weren't prepared for your homework. So I am only giving you an A. I'm sorry. I will be sorry. prepared for my homework next time. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so right. to end this episode, you want to so go do you, first? You go first. Okay, so obviously we dealt with, um, I think, out of all the episodes... We fixed we've... mental health, guys. <laughs> this is what we've done. Um, we figured it we, out. We've done it. Um, but yeah, like on a, on a serious note, this has been probably the, the deepest kind of um, episode that we've really spoken about. And this is a very real issue for very many people. Um, whilst you're listening to this, you might relate to some of the issues that we've spoken about and we just want you to know that um you can talk to people um maybe right now if you're feeling you're like you broken. can't you're not broken like it's okay people go through it you're not alone um and it's not going to be the end and and right now if you want to talk to people and you're comfortable with talking to people you can your friends and family are there but if you don't want to talk to people you know there's therapy there's you know there are people out there who are willing and wanting to listen to you um and if you don't and right now you're still wanting to process it on your own that's also okay you need to take your time and and feel at a place when you're comfortable and that's what's important but overall we just want you to know that you are not alone i hope that this episode kind of helped make you feel that way um and in terms of like if if you have felt like touched and you want to talk about this further and if you want to reach out to us and, and explain your issues with us and you know we've opened up about our own experiences here feel free to message us so yeah and that is my note and connor has something to also add yes so as um everyone is very aware in the news because all is on all that is on the fucking news these days is fucking coronavirus you know it's shit 
whatever people are dying. Okay, not whatever people are dying, but like whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> not whatever people are dying. You know what I mean? It's a terrible thing, and it's happening all around the world. But also, a side effect it has triggered, um, as you know, because we talked about it before, racist attacks on East Asians all around the world. Okay, from something as little as sitting on, not sitting next to them, and like covering your face when you're near them, to actual physical attacks and stuff. But the effect of this has also affected your favorite takeaway or your favorite chippy or your favorite Chinatown sit-down dim sum spots or your favorite boba spots. Guys, Chinatowns all over the world are facing a crisis. People are not going to them because they're scared of catching coronavirus, which, by the way, we all know is bullshit. So to support your local Chinatown, uh, this Wednesday, 28th, 29th, and the 1st of March is hashtag I will eat with you. Basically, it's going to be a day where you go out and you go eat somewhere in a restaurant. You go to a dessert place. You go to Yum Ta with your friend. Invite as many people as you want. Have hot pot, whatever. But support Chinese-owned businesses because by the end of the year, I feel like a lot of your favorite places will probably be gone because of this very terrible racism and targeting against the East Asian community. Um so yeah if you do definitely share a photo on social media really shout it out loud and hashtag i will eat with you thank you for listening this week thank you for listening guys we'll be back at our usual time day next week next week (laughs) on hopefully a much um lighter note um but yeah thank you for listening and you can find us on our socials akina on instagram at rice is rice pod on twitter at rice is rice underscore pod and on youtube at rice is rice also catch us on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher buzzsprout and all those podcasting sites bye you guys bye to get some rest in your life down 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 down